You're listening to the Side Gig Central podcast, episode number four. I think we need to talk about how to start a side gig from zero. And I'm talking about starting from zero followers, zero subscribers, zero ratings, zero visitors, zero comments, and zero chance for growth. Like, Zero pretty much sucks. <laughs> you're coming from a place where you're not really sure if this idea is going to work, and there's this little voice inside your head that says, yeah, but what if? So if you've ever come across any type of those feelings, I think today's podcast is really going to resonate with you because if you're starting a side gig, chances are you're not really starting with a whole heck of a lot, right? So today I'm going to talk about what it's like to start a side gig from zero, how to push past kind of those voices inside your head that are saying, uh, wait a minute, I don't think you're ready to jump yet. And also we're going to talk about the five phases that I've I've experienced many times each time I've started a side gig and we're going to talk about each of those five phases and how they impact your side gig entrepreneurship journey. So if you're ready and you really want to learn more about how to start a side gig from nothing, from absolute zero, I think you're going to want to listen in. You're listening to the Side Gig Central podcast, where we truly believe that your side gig has the power to change your life. My name is Elena Ciccatelli, and I'm a small business owner and side gig hustler just like you. I'm so excited to help you redefine what success looks like in today's gig economy. Listen in on honest conversations that I have with the experts and from hardworking side gig entrepreneurs just like you who are killing it with their side hustle. Learn the best strategies, tips, and tricks that have helped others pave their own way and craft their dream side gig. So if you're ready to get started, up your game and do the work, you're definitely in the right place. Let's get started. I was debating whether or not to actually cover this topic because I am not a personal development coach. I am not a psychologist and I'm definitely not a motivational speaker. So when I came up with the idea for this blog and also podcast, I was a little bit hesitant to kind of put this idea out into the world. But then I thought to myself, well, okay, I've had a ton of experience starting side gigs and every time I've started one, there's been some similarities, regardless of whatever industry the side gig happened to be in. So I kind of pushed past that little <laughs> that little voice that kept saying, well, you're not really qualified to be talking about this. But so, again, this is not based on a scientific study. <laughs> this is not based on um, any uh, world famous entrepreneurial uh, venture. This is based on my experiences as I've lived it um, in kind of the past 10 years that I've uh, started small business businesses, scaled small businesses, and uh, continue to be addicted to starting small businesses and or side gigs. So as I mentioned in the, in the intro, starting from zero is very intimidating, right? It's, it's one of those things where if you're not able to push past the first couple of weeks of just faking confidence, to be 100% frank, then it's not really going to amount to much. So the the first thing I would say about starting from zero is just, just know that the first couple of weeks, 
you're going to be insanely full of doubts. You're you're going to have this David and Goliath mentality. You're going to have to slay this giant and you're going to have to just push past those uncomfortable feelings. It's just the way it is. But before we get into how to start a side gig from zero, I want to tell you a little story. So in my background, I don't know whether it's a blessing or a curse, but I have this natural propensity for creating something new and jumping into a new project with nothing but a little bit of faith and determination and some grit. So I, back in high school, I can't even remember, I would sell necklaces, uh, friendship necklaces and bracelets to my friends and classmates. Even teachers were buying (laughs) these handmade necklaces from me uh, just so I could raise enough money to uh, buy uh, some ballet attire. It was a professional dancer uh, back in the day. And I was addicted to it. I was addicted to just the the process and getting into different types of necklaces and, and putting together order forms. I was... I was hooked. That was, I think, the beginning of it for me. If there was Etsy back in like, I don't know, 1998, I think I would have been smashing it <laughs> with Etsy. Um, and then uh, out, out of right out of college, um, I started a personal training company. I uh, got certified as a personal trainer, and then I started putting my craft to work, and I scaled an in-home personal training company, bootstrapped it literally with starting with $50, and I just kept going from there. Um, so creating new businesses for me is it's kind of like caffeine. I'm just gotta have it. It's just kind of ingrained in in my DNA. And so when I started to kind of think about all of those past experiences and kind of what do they all have in common, I found a common thread in these five phases. I call them kind of the, the five phases of starting from zero. And you may or may not find it helpful to kind of relate to these these five phases that um, that I have gone through in, in many of my um, small business ventures. Um, but hopefully you can take a little bit of, of wisdom, a little bit of a, a nugget of wisdom from each of these stages and may even say, yeah, that 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 sounds that sounds pretty familiar. Phase number one is called the honeymoon phase, and it's exactly what it sounds like. You are insanely excited about your new idea. You can't stop talking about it. You've excited beyond belief. You're thinking about blue blue skies, puppies, and rainbows ahead, and there's there's not one thing that you cannot tackle in this phase. Um, The honeymoon phase, again, has just that nice cushy feeling so you're like yeah let's let's see what what comes of this honeymoon phase let's go on a shopping spree it's one of those things where you find yourself getting new gear for for your side gig maybe you start subscribing to uh, new membership sites online or if if you want to start an e-commerce site or you're starting a new website also part of the honeymoon phase you are subscribing to new podcasts with influencers in your industry you're sketching out a plan you feel like you're unstoppable so this honeymoon phase 
uh, give it about week to two weeks where you're, again, so excited, you cannot stop thinking about your new side gig. Now, the second phase is called the busy bee phase. And this is the part where you are getting to work. You are completely engrossed in the project. You're completely engrossed in your work and you're putting your plan into action. You're creating and you're executing like nobody's business. Your to-do list is a thousand miles long, but you're checking them off one by one. And it's just, it, it feels amazing. You're maybe getting into a little bit of a routine. Maybe you start a new habit and you're, stu- you're suddenly putting that into practice. And then you see a small glimmer of traction in your side gig. And this is like heaven, (laughs) right? It feels exhilarating. You're just on top of the world. You feel like, yes, this can actually work. It feels right. And it feels achievable. So the busy bee phase doesn't doesn't last with much intensity past a two to three week mark because inevitably the next phase, which is what I call the Debbie Downer phase, uh, this phase right here always surprises me. It always bites me in the butt and it doesn't it it, it doesn't discriminate, right? It always happens because we're human, right? We have self-doubt. We have things that we're not 100% sure about. This is a brand new, again, a brand new side gig. You don't really know what to expect. So the Debbie Downer phase is uh, is inevitable. And let me tell you a little story about how the Debbie Downer phase starts. So just imagine one day you're on Google you're searching Google for some random task that you have to get completed on your extremely long to-do list. And all of a sudden, you see a post, an article, a video for from somebody that you really admire, somebody maybe a leader in your industry or an influencer, and you take a look at their content it looks absolutely amazing. <laughs> and you inevitably say to yourself, what the heck am I even doing? Like they can do this a thousand, no, a million times better than I could ever do this. What am I doing? Right? So that right there, I'm sure uh, 99.9% of us have felt anytime we're starting a new side gig. And, and then you start comparing, right? You look at their followers, you look at their subscribers, you look at their, their rating, whatever the, the measurement or the metric standard is for, for that particular piece of content. And then you look at yours and it's zero, right? Zero followers, zero subscribers, zero wind in your sails at this point. So right into the Debbie Downer phase, it goes directly into the next phase, which I call the comparison trap. So to be clear, the comparison trap is when you are in a space in your head where you're thinking to yourself, I can never compare to X. I can never, my work or my side gig can never compare to Y. This person is killing it and I am not, right? So that's what the comparison trap is. But 
every single time I find myself in this stage, and believe me, I am not a joy to be around when I am in the throes of the comparison trap. I'm kind of a miserable person at this point. But what really helps me kind of get out of that comparison trap funk is this one quote that I actually found uh, from Teddy Roosevelt, of all people. And I really love this quote because it's just a great reminder of, of how you can kind of get out of that vicious cycle of, of comparing yourself. And Teddy Roosevelt said, comparison is the thief of joy, right? So when you're thinking about comparing yourself to others, your, your joy is, is demolished. Like every, everything that you loved about this project, everything that got you excited about it is now just completely robbed from you because you looked at somebody else's, uh, somebody else's progress. So for me, comparison trap is super easy for me to fall into because my background, I was a professional ballet dancer for, gosh, 20, 25 years. And I was constantly comparing myself to, to others. Am I, am I better than her? Am I better than him? Am I going to get this part? And it was very real. It was a very real part of my life. And it is, it, well, it has been so ingrained in, in my brain to kind of go there when I'm feeling any sort of self-doubt in any new uh, space that, that, I'm, that I'm trying to uh, accomplish a task. So the reason why I tell that story is, is because it's, again, that was on a completely under the microscope as a very intense example of comparison trap, but I still think that it can just be applied to just entrepreneurship in general because competition, right? <laughs> because competition, right? You're not the only one out there doing X, Y, and Z thing. So um, again, think about comparison is the thief of joy and how you can, again, pull yourself out of that by reminding yourself you have you have a unique gift like only you have a specific voice a specific style specific uh, mojo that you can bring to a project that nobody else can and also I like to remind myself too when I compare myself to other businesses other entrepreneurs other side gig entrepreneurs other podcasters is that they have had so much more experience than me you know they're at a completely different level than I am right now at this at this particular point and they've had so much more experience in that in that space than me so I think that's important important to remember as well. Like you are in a completely different level than those folks that are, again, putting on a show or you're perceiving them as, as being superior. And then we get into the final phase of side gig entrepreneurship from zero, which is you decide to just keep swimming, right? It's that Finding Nemo quote, Good old Dory is uh, speaking some truth right here. And I just feel like if you are 
doing the thing every day, even when you don't feel like it, even when it's tough, even when you don't have time or you don't think you have time, you are continuing to swim. You just keep going. You just keep swimming no matter what. And yeah, it 100% sounds cliche. You know, you, you go through your Instagram feed and you see a thousand motivational quotes that say something to this effect. But how many people are actually executing that? How many people do you know are actually doing the thing, <laughs> right? How many people are keeping their promise to themselves is, is really what it is. How many people are, are doing it on purpose and they're chipping away at this, at this marble stone to eventually get into a beautiful sculpture? So again, just keep swimming and... I cannot say enough about this phase five because phase five just keeps swimming. It, it is it's in perpetuity. <laughs> it's it never ends. Right. I don't I don't care how big you get. I don't care how how many uh, followers you have or how successful your side gig becomes or maybe even becomes a full time gig for you. Um, there's always going to be an element of pushing through. Just just keep going. So what I really want to say about Just Keep Swimming is the next time you find yourself slogging through another reboot of photos that you have to do for your Shopify layout or you have to do another 10 rides this weekend so that you can hit your your bonus threshold or, uh, you know, you have to you have to keep on creating new content if you're a blogger. It doesn't matter what the thing is, just accept it for what it is and move on. So there it is, guys. <laughs> that is my my five phases of how to start a side gig from zero. I hope it was helpful for you. Um, again, I'm always learning through this process. This is not a, a straight line by any means. This is ebb and flow, slip and surge. It is the constant roller coaster. So I don't have it all figured out. That's for sure. This is, again, just coming from the experience that I've had in being an enthusiastic side gig entrepreneur and executing, right? And and I think also, too, you have to remember it's a marathon. Again, kind of a trite example as uh, it's, a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. I'm sure you've heard that a million times. But in this context, in the context of starting a side gig with, the, with zero, I would say just lace up those marathon running shoes. You know, the ones that have the cool neon colors and the cool shoelaces and they're super cushiony because they're going to get you through all of the, the twists and turns and, and everything that's that's going to inevitably fall into your lap that you have to figure out, right? And, and I think... Uh, uh, Marie Forleo actually has a new book coming out. Um, Everything is figureoutable, which number one, I love that title because I basically live by that motto: everything is figureoutable, and uh, it's true. You know, there, there's nothing really stopping you from from achieving what you want to achieve with your side gig. And starting with zero should not be a barrier to entry for you. It should be 
almost like a badge of honor, right? Like I wear it as a badge of honor. I'm like, yeah, I I started a personal training company with fifty dollars. <laughs> And then 10 years later, I had a staff of uh, eight trainers and I was in four different cities and I was basically adminning the whole thing and I and I wasn't training anymore. I basically kind of like replaced myself. So I, I scaled it to to a point that actually made some sense and, and business model was legit. So um, I say all of that to just again, remind you that wherever you are in your side gig entrepreneurship journey, think about the big picture. Think about the long term, because if you get caught up in the day-to-day grind, it's going to be super discouraging for you. So now we're up to actually a brand new segment of the show, and I'm calling this segment... I am branding this segment, actually. It is going to be called Never Would I Ever. Okay? So the idea here is, well, today, since it's a solo podcast, I'm asking myself, never would I ever. Uh, But in future podcasts, I'm going to be asking my expert guests, never would I ever, and fill in the blank. So for today, for today's Never Would I Ever segment... I am asking myself, never would I ever, when it comes to starting a side gig, I would never, ever borrow money to start a side gig. Now, I would never, ever go into debt to start a side gig. I know that might sound a little bit controversial, but let me say it one more time in case you missed it. Never go into debt starting a side gig, right? In other words, your side gig should be 100% self-funded. You need to bootstrap it. You need to use the change that you've collected over the past, I don't know, six months from your piggy bank to, to start your side gig. Do not borrow money from friends. Don't borrow money from family. Don't take out a loan. Just, it is an unnecessary thing that is going to add undue stress, is it unnecessary stress to your life if, for whatever reason, your side gig kind of goes off the rails, gets turned upside down and sideways, and doesn't work out the way that you think it will, borrowing money from someone or an institution like a bank is going to amplify your stress. (laughs) So I got one more story for you on this same note. I started a food business, a food delivery business back in 2017. Uh, I actually started it with my brother, Nick. And uh, my brother, Nick, is a chef. And I thought that, you know, HelloFresh and Blue Apron, they were the hot companies, you know, two, three years ago. They were raking in money. And I'm like, hey, Nick is an awesome chef. I'm really good at operations and marketing. Why don't we join forces and and get this going? Why don't we get this started? So we did. We we rented out space at a uh, commercial commissary. Uh, we called it Take It Home Food, and we had a, a, a Shopify website actually, and we and we took orders for. Uh, 
chef prepared uh, food and meals and we uh, or I (laughs) delivered them. And so what I found was that, well, on a very micro scale, that this business model didn't work. And it was it was a little bit scary because we found out that the margins on just the meals were were insanely thin. Right. The margin wasn't there for us to even pay ourselves to do the work that we were doing. And then on top of that, we we couldn't figure out how to scale without bringing on more chefs and more equipment. And it was it was a definitely a learning experience. And I forever love my brother for being such a good sport about just working through all the problems of this. Uh, It really was a side gig for us uh, back in 2017. But it's ironic because now if you look at uh, Blue Apron and HelloFresh, they just completely crashed. But I found out on a much smaller scale, what they found out would took venture capitalists millions to figure out that this model doesn't work. I mean, once you stop su- subsidizing the uh, the meals for uh, people to actually get into their hands, you stop giving out coupons. Like People will do it for a couple of weeks. Hey, this is cool. The novelty wears off. And then it's like, oh, I'm going to go back to the grocery store and I don't need this service anymore. So that's what we found out. And Again, I go back to the fact that never would I ever, <laughs> I did not borrow money to start this side gig. It was 100%, 100% self-funded. And if I, if I would have taken out a loan from the bank or if I did borrow money from whoever to start this as like a mini angel investment, I would have to owe them, <laughs> right? I would have to have the extra stress of, you know, it, it didn't work out. We ended up not continuing Take It Home. And I would have owed X amount of dollars to, again, a financial institution or, or someone else who was, who was helping me out fund it. So um, I think it was a valuable lesson, and uh, hopefully that will uh, maybe even make you think twice about how you're going about your side gig and, and how you're going to get it started and off the ground. It is not impossible to start with zero. If you take nothing else away from today's podcast, it's not impossible. You just have to use your brain, and you have to be willing, and you have to know that there's going to be obstacles that are going to happen. And you, again, you just got to keep swimming. Thanks so much for listening to the Side Gig Central podcast. You can dive into the show notes for this episode and for all past episodes at sidegeekcentral.com. If you love the show, share it with a friend. And while you're at it, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Thanks again for tuning in. I'll talk to you very soon. And by the way, keep up that side hustle because... It looks good on you.